Welcome to the Surviving Depression Podcast. My name is Carl Binger and I am the host. I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New York, owner of a private practice, author of the book, The Progressive Darkness, and founder of the Surviving Depression Facebook group. I hope that through this podcast, you will hear stories around depression that will educate you, give you hope, and break the stigma around depression. Please be sure to join the supportive Facebook group where we do monthly giveaways and try our best to be a light to depression. Also, feel free to visit the website survivingdepressiongroup.com to buy merchandise or listen to and watch free resources. Lenan, thank you again for joining the podcast. Can you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, so I'm originally from Michigan. Um, I was homeschooled. I've been a churchgoer my whole life. Um, I've gathered three degrees <laughs> in um, biblical theology, piano performance, music theory, pedagogy. Um, and right now I'm a piano teacher with a church gig and an English teaching gig. Um, and I just celebrated my first anniversary with my wonderful husband, Fernando. Well, congratulations, Lenann, to you and your husband. That is really amazing. And uh, you must be really busy and uh, an extremely gifted person. So, Lenann, um, we are here talking tonight about Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about the condition? Sure. So Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease. And what that means is that instead of just having a low functioning thyroid, which is what hypothyroidism is, uh, your immune system starts attacking the hormone that your thyroid's making. So what happens is eventually you get symptoms of hypothyroidism because your body is attacking what it's making and then ordering the thyroid to make extra thyroid hormone. And um, eventually, as the disease progresses, um, you might end up with a goiter and need surgery. You might end up with no thyroid at all because your body will just consume it. It's a weird thing. Um, before it was treatable, people would go crazy and die. Um, so I'm really mm -hmm. grateful to have been born in the, in, in the 20th century. Um, so depression is related to the thyroid issue. Um, and I'm not really sure the scientific reason for it, but the thyroid has so much to do with um, metabolism, skin health, hair growth, um, just, just like it, it's part of the endocrine system. So anything that the endocrine system touches, it would touch as well. So I think mood regulations sort of comes in there. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like a slow sinking into despair as you, you know, kind of go through the motions of life and you don't feel like it. That's for me, that's been the big experience with the thyroid. Um, is it you just you stop feeling like doing anything, but you don't really notice that you're not feeling like doing anything. Um, mm. Man, that sounds very intense and complex. Could you tell us when did you first get diagnosed with this or when this uh, all started for you? 
Um, well, I think that I was symptomatic for a few years before diagnosis. Um, I started feeling really awful at times. I started struggling with thoughts of suicide probably when I was 16, but I um, did not get a diagnosis until I was 20. Um, so from the time I was 20 until now, it's been more of a balancing the treatment of it, which is actually pretty simple. But before the diagnosis, it's just, it's very miserable. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I bet. So what were like some of the red flags or symptoms that the doctors checked for? Well, actually, I'm very fortunate because my mom has the same condition. So when I was presenting with fatigue and sudden weight gain and depression and all of those things, um, the first thing they checked was the thyroid. Um, for my mom, she waited, I don't know how many years, like she was without a diagnosis. And um, when she got her diagnosis, the doctor told her, I've never seen labs so bad in a person who was conscious. So, so for that, I'm, I'm fortunate because that was the first place they looked. So it sounds like it runs in the family. And uh, thankfully, the doctors were able to uh, pinpoint it. And so um, can we dive a bit more into uh, treatment and what that was like for you? Well, the nice thing about having a thyroid problem, if it's a simple thyroid problem, I mean, thyroid problems are never simple. But if it's fairly simple, like it's low or it's... Um, or you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, you take a pill every day and then you should have alleviation from symptoms. Um, for me, I had to try a couple different medications. I was on the synthetic uh, thyroid supplement for eight years and my labs were under control the whole time, but I just, I just didn't feel really anything. So I would reference like, I was in school getting a music degree and um, my teacher kept telling me, you know, like when you, when you play this music, what does it, what does it feel like? You know, what are you feeling? And I'm like, nothing. I don't feel anything. I don't feel, it's just notes. <laughs> like what's going on. And, you know, I'd be in the practice room just trying to like, what does this feel like? What's the emotion? And it's just, I've got nothing. And I would just be crying because I couldn't get it. Um, so um, a number of years ago, um, I switched over to a biologic medication, which is actually the old fashioned medication and doctors don't like to prescribe it because it's not quite as regulated as the other. Um, so they don't have complete control, they feel over the dosage. But the second day I was on that medication, I was like, oh wow, I'm like a new person. Like, like I listened to one of my students play Mary Had a Little Lamb and I almost cried. So. So that was really um, transformative, just finding the right medication um, for my body that it was going to respond to. Um, because the labs were normal on the other medication, but somehow I wasn't okay. So that, that was difficult to deal with. <laughs> Are there any alternate treatments that you can think of? Yes, yes. I've gone through different uh, biologic medications, but um, the world of uh, <laughs> um, 
desiccated porcine thyroid is apparently very complicated right now. There was like a pig shortage. I don't know what happened. So people who are um, trying trying that as a, you know, if, if, the, if you have a, a thyroid problem and you're still feeling symptomatic, um, just sort of layman's advice, I would, I would highly recommend that. Um, I was actually recommended to change over um, by Becky Judd, who we um, both know as a former pastor's wife. So, um, and she was like, Linian, you have to do this. You have to try it. I feel so much better. Um, but uh, eventually when I did that, yeah, it made a huge difference. And I've gone through maybe f f three or four different biologics. And I'm kind of actually, I think I'm back on the first one um, because of shortages in the, in the industry. If you don't mind, can we dive just a little bit more into the symptoms? And I also wonder, um, would you say that uh, thyroid challenges only affect females? Um, so the symptoms of just the, the thyroid disease itself uh, include fatigue. Like, for example, you can sleep for 10 hours and you wake up tired. Um, you try to go to sleep because you're really tired, but you can't go to sleep. Um, you can feel a lot of limb heaviness. Um, I remember thinking things like, wow, I have to go across the room to pick that up. That's a long way. And that, you know, it's just like, and it, and the weirdest part about it is that when you have those thoughts, like, wow, it's a long way across the room. You don't think to yourself, wow, that's really weird. Maybe you need medical attention. You're just sort of like, and that's how it is today. You know, it's just a very apathetic kind of existence. Um, I would say that different people, there's just a long list of thyroid symptoms. Um, some people get really dry skin. I've never had dry skin. Uh, some people have patches of hair fallout. Um, I'll shed like, like worse than an animal, but I've never had like a bald spot on my head. Um, so there's a lot of symptoms, um, which I think is why sometimes it's hard to diagnose. Um, as far as the population that it affects, um, I think that they still say that most thyroid patients are women, um, but it does affect men as well. And I think the statistic right now is one in seven Americans, one, one in seven adult Americans has a thyroid issue of some kind. Hmm. So in my own experience as a therapist, I have come across a few men who've had thyroid challenges. And so it's certainly not unheard of uh, to happen in men. And so um, just kind of switching gears a bit, when did you first go to therapy for depression? Yeah, that's a really good question because in my case, I think I have, I have depression and I have a thyroid issue is what I've come. I, I actually, over the last five years, I've done so much experimentation with my diet because I'm one of those people that even with normal labs, I was symptomatic. I would have fatigue. I would have brain fog. I just had lots of issues. And one of the, one of the theories that they have is that, um, is that gluten looks a lot like the thyroid hormone. So your body will rage an attack on gluten when you eat it. And it's just like, it's, it's all, I, I'm not qualified to talk about the science behind it. So when I removed gluten and dairy from my diet, 
you know, I felt worlds better. So that was one way of like, wow, you know, like I can be even better. Um, And then when my diet was like, perfect, I had my worst bout of depression in my life. And um, there was nothing wrong with my medication, you know, (laughs) it was fine. Um, So I think that the two things kind of fed into each other. Um, I also wonder if, like, once the body has learned that depressive state, and you maybe you can uh, add insight to this, if the body has learned the depressive state and that mindset and that feeling, does it like to return there? And when I was facing, you know, emotional troubles or whatever, did I just kind of revert to that place that I had known because of the illness? I'm not sure. So to answer your question, I'm just now, like, almost 20 years into the thyroid thing, finally getting into some therapy specifically for depression. Lynn what were some helpful or not so helpful things that were said or done toward you during these challenging times? Um, let me start with the helpful things. It's, it's Unfortunately, it's a short list, but I wanted to point this out because Um, If you have like, if you have a a condition where your, your body is telling your mind something that's not true. And that that's kind of how I feel when I'm having a flare up, like, I know my life is good. I don't need to be sad. But I just feel so sad. So I'm already living with this inconsistency. Like, I can objectively view my life and say this. And that yet my overwhelming emotion or feeling is something else. So when people try to say things like God loves you and, um, you know, you're not alone and stuff like that, it's just sort of like, I know that I just want to feel better. Um, And I've come to the conclusion that 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 physical state of being unwell, I don't know if there's anything that anybody's ever said to me that that brought me out of that feeling because medication brought me out of that feeling. Um, But that said, I think that when people can just acknowledge that you have a problem, like, oh, wow, that must really be hard. Or um, I'm so sorry you're going through that. You know, how can I help you? Is there something that would be helpful for you? Or, you know, if you if you're good friends with someone and you know, like they struggle with this, you, you could say things like, Hey, have you had your thyroid checked lately? <laughs> you know, And um, you know, if, if they're having a flare up, expect maybe, maybe you'll get snapped at if you say that to someone. But, um, but I think that, that, that kind of just being with someone in the pain of, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you wouldn't go over to your friend's house who has cancer and just be like, let me just pray God's healing over you and let me just, you know, make this go away and make it all better. But I think when we have emotional upset, that's sort of the usual response. And sometimes you just need to be there with someone. Um, so I guess I already touched on some things that were unhelpful, but, you know, people saying things like depression is a sin you know, I, I already feel bad and I don't need more, I don't need more like fuel for the fire. Um, I already feel bad about how I'm feeling and I, and I know that God loves me and I know that I should be grateful and I just, I'm not feeling it. And um, so there's just been a lot 
you know, it's, um, I'm sure it's hard to know what to say when someone is really, really sad for no reason. Um, but just acknowledging, you know, hey, you've got a medical problem. Are you on top of that? That was some very good insight. Thank you for that. I can certainly relate to uh, some of these, uh, especially when I was going through depression. Um, if you could describe the feeling of being depressed for our listeners, how would you put that into words? Um, in regards to that, that feeling is just sort of like there's a hole inside of me where my fervor for life should be. Um, and I, I guess I can't say it enough. It's weird because when you're in that place, um, you're just, there's a sense of like, I'm just trying to survive. And so recently, um, there was a mishap with my medication and I ended up on not being on enough medication for eight weeks and about a week into the proper dosage, I was like, oh, hey, I want to do things. And you start reflecting and you say, oh my goodness, I haven't wanted to do anything for like a month, <laughs> you know? So I think that just that emptiness and and not having, you know, excitement about what's going on in your life. So you touched on the most fundamental criteria for major depressive disorder, which is depressed mood or a loss of interest or pleasure in daily activities for more than two weeks. It is just incredibly dark and terrible to go through depression. Lenan, what would you say is the most or yeah, what is the most helpful thing you did or can do and pulling yourself out of depression? Um, I think that just in general depression, um, um, you know, actually I have to say, I have to, um, I'm a piano teacher and one of the things that will always bring me out of depression is teaching. Um, you know, like I used to say to myself before, before I was on the biologic and had this taste of like, oh, I can be happy too. I used to say to myself, well, if you can't be happy, you should at least be useful. <laughs> so, um, and I just, I really accepted it. it was my cross to bear that I can't be useful, um, or that I can't be happy and that, and that I just, I wouldn't experience the joy. So bringing joy to other people, um, I guess would be something that really pulls me out of the funk. Um, I think that when it's thyroid related, again, it's just you sort of like go into a hibernation phase and you're not 100% sure that that's going on. Um, I've had so many flare ups in the last 20 years and I've never recognized it. So <laughs> it's like other people will know that I'm not doing well, but I'll just be like, yeah, I'm keeping going. So yeah, I would say going back to my students. Um, you know, teaching, knowing that I have people that are counting on me that I have to show up for, those things kind of supersede that that weight that I might be feeling um, when I'm symptomatic. It is amazing that though you have both challenges of thyroid flare-ups and depressive episodes, you are at times graced with the ability to enjoy the gift of teaching and bringing joy to others. Lenan, all too often, uh, I have personally felt like 
people were kicking me uh, when I was down, when I had depression. Can you shed some light on what that was like for you in moments like that? Well, I think that this this idea that feeling bad is something that you create for yourself seems to be pretty pervasive. And the idea that you could feel bad and that's not a result of a bad decision that you made. You know, it's like if you eat only ice cream for dinner, you might get a stomach ache. Well, that was your fault. But if you are depressed and that's like there's a medical issue going on or you're just you're just having some sort of problem in your life, um, you know, it, it's like it might not be like I did something wrong. Like, I mean, what did I do wrong? Be born into a family with this genetic history? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You can't. Um, so I think, yeah, it's it's weird when people are like they don't seem to they're like just just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going. And you're like, but it was so hard for me to get out of bed today. Like you have no idea the pep talk that I gave myself in order to get up and take a shower and show up to work. And I think if they could just kind of glimpse that struggle that it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense to me, the sufferer. I don't know how it would make sense to someone who's not aware of what that feels like, but you do feel, you feel trapped. Like I can't do anything about this. I guess this is what we're doing today. Um, yeah. So I, I think just maybe reminding people that the helplessness of the person who's experiencing these feelings, they don't want to be experiencing these feelings. They did not ask for them. I love what you said in regards to feeling bad doesn't always equate to uh, poor choices. It is uh, really validating for me to hear. And um, I'm sure it's validating for others to hear as well. And as you pointed out, um, no one is sitting here asking to be depressed or to feel hopeless, right? And depression is like at times and a lot of times can feel like absolute life or death battles, right? It reminds me of the movie, The Lord of the Rings. There are some real dark battles, pits and darkness to wade through. And maybe if you're lucky, you get these victories here and there. Yeah, I love that illustration of The Lord of the Rings because I remember a friend of mine, she watched it with her family and she's like, oh my goodness, just get on one of those flying things, fly over the volcano and drop the ring in it. And um, <laughs> so it's kind of like people in depression are like poor little Frodo. He can't get on the flying thing. He can't make it any easier. I don't. So um, it really cracked me up when she said that. But I think it's a good illustration. There's you, you know, you're sort of slogging through is sort of this impossible difficulty that doesn't seem completely necessary. <laughs> exactly right. And so if you could go back and change anything from your past, what would you do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about like if I could go back to my 18 year old self who was struggling with thoughts of suicide, even though she's a Christian and even though she's in a good family and on and on and on, um, I, I would say just you need to go to the doctor. You need to be alone in the room with the doctor. They need to do a, an analysis. You know, are you suffering from depression? Um, I've often thought if I had 
a teenage child who told me that they were suffering these symptoms, I would make an appointment with them. I would, you know, be like, hey, we're going to treat this clinically. Um, and for me, in the last couple of months, actually taking that approach, like I'm going to treat the depression clinically. I'm not going to, um, my thyroid condition is usually under control and the depression symptoms, um, we need to treat that like there's something going on here that someone can help me with and not some sort of spiritual failure. So I often think like mm. if, if I would go back and help myself, I just treat it clinically and, and say, Hey, there's no shame in getting help. There's no shame in talking to someone. Maybe something um, traumatic has happened in your life and you need to just talk about it and, and process it and figure out where to place it. Um, and definitely there were some things going on in my life when I was in my teens, some major losses that we had, um, deaths around us and that, that kind of thing, um, where I'm like, wow, I really needed some help there. And maybe that was contributing to those thoughts. And, um, yeah, so that's, and, and then on top of that, during that time, I would have been beginning to become symptomatic with the thyroid condition that I have. Um, which, by the way, takes about 15 years to develop in the body. So by the time you're diagnosed, you've had it for a really long time. And that's pretty crazy. The body is truly unique. And these challenges and conditions can vary from person to person, it seems. I mean, 15 years for a condition to develop is just mind-blowing. But then... It does not seem at all that surprising considering that our bodies start to break down as soon as we are born. So what would you tell our listeners out there who may be dealing with depression or thyroid challenges and are on the fence about going to treatment? My experience, I'd say see a doctor. Um, if you're thinking that you need help, you need help. Um, if you think that it's not a big deal and other people are worse off than you, then you, you, it sounds harsh because I'm talking to myself here. You're making excuses. You are worth getting help to. Other people also need help. You need help. We all need help. So go and find it. Um, even if you're feeling so unwell, you don't think you can make that phone call. You know, see if a trusted friend, sister, brother, um, somebody can help you make those appointments to get that, to get that started. Lynn-Ann, it has been an absolute joy having you on the podcast today. I appreciate your time and knowledge you bring to this subject, and I am thankful you are in a better place to help others. Hopefully, I can have you on again someday. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Thank you for joining me on the Surviving Depression Podcast. I am your host, Carl Binger. To those out there suffering from depression, I just want to say to you, you are not alone. I've been there before. There are others suffering now, and I truly hope you will see some light in this darkness soon. You are loved, and I pray that you would be healed of depression's dark grip. I also pray that God will place supportive and understanding people in your life. This podcast or the guest on the show 
are not meant to replace therapy or emergency services. If you or anyone you know needs immediate mental health assistance, please call 911 or reach out to a medical professional. Please feel free to join and invite family members and friends to our supportive Facebook community, Surviving Depression. Also, visit the website at survivingdepressiongroups.com for merchandise and media resources. Until next time.